Hello and welcome to the very first instalment of the Global Challenges podcast hosted by the Leeds Institute of Textiles and Colour, otherwise known as LEETAC. LEETAC is a new research institute at the University of Leeds that is primarily focused on researching the global challenges in fashion, textiles and colour industries. The research of the institute is very varied. Some of the work we do is developing new solutions, such as new materials and fabrics for clothing, and high-performance technical textiles for multiple industrial, healthcare and consumer product applications. Other research areas include fashion psychology and attitudes, how colour can affect well-being. The list is literally endless. To carry out this research, the Institute works with businesses, government and other academics from across the world and we're striving together to get the right solutions that will ultimately benefit everyone. If you would be interested in working with us, please take a look at the show notes below for more information about LeTAC. So we've created this podcast series to shine a light on some of the research that's happening here at LeTAC and to hopefully provide some insights into what we can collectively do to help the pressing challenges that we're all facing. These podcasts are not designed to be academic podcasts because what we want to do is we want to break down some of these big challenges and provide practical solutions that hopefully you will all find useful. We'll be sharing the podcast recordings every month, looking at different challenges in the textile, colour and fashion industries. You will be able to play and download these podcasts from wherever you usually listen to your podcasts. So make sure to follow and subscribe to keep up to date with the latest episode. And in this first podcast that we're doing for LeTAC, we're going to be covering the issue of microfibers. Do we really understand where they come from, the impact that they have, and what sort of things that we can be thinking about doing to minimise the potential issues that are associated with these tiny little particles that seem to leach into the ocean? My name is Dr. Mark Sumner. I'm a lecturer in sustainable fashion at the University of Leeds in the School of Design, and I'll be chairing today's podcast. During today's podcast, we're going to hear from three experts who are going to be talking about microfibers from their perspective. I am Dr. Kelly Sheridan. I am head of research at the Microfiber Consortium and also senior lecturer at Northumbria University. Hi, I'm Alice Hazelhurst. I'm a PhD researcher at the University of Leeds. Hi, I'm Mark Taylor. I teach sportswear and sustainable fashion at the University of Leeds. So it's a great pleasure to have all three of you here today to talk about microfibers. And I guess the starting point really is trying to understand what exactly microfibers are and why they're becoming so important in today's dialogue around sustainability and impact on ecosystems. And I'm just wondering, Kelly, from your perspective, how would you best define microfibers and why they are such an important part of the uh, environmental uh, discussion at the moment? I think it's a really good question, what are microfibers? Because there's quite a lot of confusion surrounding the term and the issue. If I put it in a nutshell, essentially they are tiny fibres that are released from both natural and synthetic clothing items, both during manufacture and when we're just wearing them. But in terms of a technical perspective, a microfibre has a very defined term within the industry, and it's a synthetic fibre that is one denier or desitex, 
with a diameter of smaller than 10 micrometers. I think that plays into some of the confusion because from a technical perspective, from what suppliers understand, a microfiber is a specific term and it's linked to a synthetic or plastic fiber. But actually, microfibers are released from all types of clothing. And when we talk about microfibers in the wider term, it's important for for listeners to understand it within that context. They are any small fragment of fiber that can be lost from a clothing just by wearing it or washing it, or indeed, as I mentioned earlier, when it's being manufactured. And because these fibers are so, so small, they're so easily lost. And that means that they are able to pollute our environment readily, whether that's being lost through the wash. So when you put your clothes in the washing machine, the fibers are released from the clothes. They're washed down the drain into the lakes and the oceans. But also just by walking around wearing clothing that can lose fibers, they're being lost into the air. And there are then pathways to the oceans through the air. And of course, inhalation. And these are some areas that we're still yet to quite understand. But the impact of that is these fibers are polluting our, our oceans, our aquatic life. Humans, they've been found to be present in drinking water, for example. We know that they have been found in fish, in mammals, and birds. So they now pose a real risk, both in terms of their physical impact, but also in terms of their toxicological impact. So, so what you're saying there, Kelly, is that although these fibres are really small, it's the fact that they are really small is potentially their biggest risk. And also the fact that they can act as a carrier for different chemicals that can get into the environment as well. I think because they're so small, and often they're not visible to the naked eye, they're quite easily to see if you have a microscope, but most people don't walk around with microscopes. So it's a bit of an unseen issue. Equally, I think one of the reasons why it has grabbed the public's attention is because they can understand it from a consumer perspective. They know when they put their clothes in the tumble dryer that lots of fluff comes off them. They know, you know, the, the fibers when they're being their clothes are being washed, that they go down the drain. Although they are small and that is having a, an impact in the environment because of the damage that they can cause to, to small marine life and other wildlife. You're absolutely right about those toxicological impacts because Lots of chemicals are added to fibres and garments during the manufacturer phase, both in terms of for performance reasons, but also to give them colour. And colours are made of, dyes are made of often synthetic dyes. And as they break down, that poses a further toxicological risk to the environment. Thanks, Kelly. Really interesting that what we're starting to get fearful now is the actual challenge of what these microfibers can do. But I guess, and of course, what you've talked about there is very much microfibers coming from domestic laundry of clothing. And I'm wondering, Mark, from your perspective, in terms of the work that you've done looking at microfibers, why do you think there's such a focus on domestic laundry as a source for, for microfibers? Bearing in mind that we know that microfibers actually can come from all sorts of different sources beyond domestic laundry. So I think historically people were finding 
bits of plastic around the ocean and, and as may remember when the microplastics became an, an issue and they were trying to get them removed from cosmetics and the like and researchers around the world whilst looking for these plastics started to find what clearly looked like fibers as well and so they were then looking for the source of these fibers and quite quickly stumbled across what seems to be the obvious answer which is it's coming off clothes and how is it coming off clothes well from washing i mean at the time i don't think they were sure teams around the world mainly north america and the south of england started to do experiments with washing machines and, and were identifying fibers that they were discovering and so that set them thinking that this must be a major contributor to the plastic pollution in the in the ocean but they missed out on some obvious things at the time kelly touched on some of them you know we all know that tumble dryers release fibers because we all have to clear those filters what about the ones that we don't take out of the filter where do they go and if you've got an older tumble dryer they almost certainly got that hose that you hang out of the window but kelly also mentioned in wear when we wear our clothes they're subjected to sunlight which contains ultraviolet that weakens the fibers fibers are likely to come off as we're moving around and flexing and bending the clothes which results in fibers breaking and often if you sat in the right place and you look up at the in the air around you you're likely to see fibers floating around if the sunlight's just right um, and they obviously didn't come out of a washing machine they've come from some other source so there's lots of other places they could come from i mean we already know that some of the the fibers debris that, that's being found is coming from car tires there's fishing ropes and fishing nets all sorts of sources fibrous type material to end up in the sea but you know, I think it's quite clear to understand why people initially blamed laundry. And people are starting to realise that, that laundry, although it may be a contributor, isn't the major contributor to these fibres in the ocean. So we've got this challenge then that microfibres can be coming from many different sources, including laundry. And obviously that's a focus area for a lot of work that's going. But clearly there is this challenge that microfibres can come from lots of different places. So maybe we need to be thinking about how can we actually measure microfibers in a different way or the, the quantity of microfibers and and Alice your your research at the School of Design is is looking at uh, that particular subject so what is the best way to measure the, the quantity of microfibers in the environment do you think? Yeah it's a good question there's a lot of estimates out there in terms of you know microfibers particularly from laundering but depending on which studies you look at the estimates can range from a few thousand fibres released every wash up to, you know, several millions of fibres per wash. The challenge that we've seen to date has been a lot around differences in test methodologies used between different studies, which has led to quite a big discrepancy between the findings. A lot of the earlier studies um, looked at collecting fibres from regular domestic washing machines, which, you know, as we've said, is an, an obvious first place to start, really. But there is a lot of downsides to that approach from just a scientific standpoint. Domestic washing machine, quite unreliable in the sense that you don't get a good control over the settings of the wash. So things like the temperature and the duration, there can be subtle changes even when you've set your machine to the same program. So it becomes really difficult to repeat experiments and get the same results um, from a practicable perspective using domestic washing machines uses large amounts liters and liters of water every time so that's not ideal when we're testing and trying to quantify these things either 
So the other option is smaller scale lab test, which is how we've done our testing. So you're using equipment that has been specifically designed for textile testing um, and designed to simulate that laundering process, but on a much smaller scale. So the two benefits is you get much better control. You can more precisely set all the conditions of the test, but you're also able to capture and contain all of the water from that test and using small canisters for the testing. So everything that's come out of the fabric in the wash is retained and we can do a lot of analysis. Um, so that's something that we lead and working with the microfiber consortium, we thought it was really important quite early on in our research together to define that test method and set some parameters, then the intention being that across the industry, we can start using the same method and that will help us better understand the differences between different fabrics because we've taken out other variables, but also then, you know, help us reach better, more reliable quantification estimates as we build up that data. Thanks, Alice. So what you're saying, the washing machine conditions, temperature, duration. We know from other research that the amount of clothing in a washing machine can also have an impact. But you're also suggesting that, you know, there's some other factors in there around different types of fabrics. So there's a whole raft of complex issues that you're looking at there to try and be able to get to that point of, of quantifying. I mean, do you think we will ever be able to quantify microfibers, the level of microfibers coming out of a, of a washing machine? I think it's a big ask. And as Kelly and Mark have both touched on, you know, maybe we can reach a pretty good estimate from laundering, but that's not the only source. And because we're dealing with such small fibers, there's always a high chance that we're missing some of it when we're counting and estimating. I know that can be an issue if you're, you know, sort of just looking at filtering samples from the ocean or from a lake, for example, you're reliant on the equipment that you have to be able to capture everything. So there is always a chance that you're going to be missing something. A true complete estimate is going to be a big ask, but hopefully as we improve test methods, we can we can get a, a much better estimate at least. I think to pick up on something that you mentioned earlier, Alice, importance of having a test methodology that is applicable across the range that we can really understand those root causes of fibre loss from fabrics. And I think that's one of the important part of your research and what you're doing based on the TMC test method that's being developed with the University of Leeds and TMC and the EOG that has aligned the industry in how we can test fabrics and that data that we look at in terms of collecting from a number of different signatories of TMC, including the fabrics that you're testing, where we can look right across um, the, the whole range of garments, regardless of what they're made from or how they're made, to try and gain that understanding. So essentially what you're saying there is that there's been lots of progress in understanding microfibers, but there's still a lot more that needs to be done. And I guess a question for everyone else on, on today's podcast do, do you think that we really understand the microfibers issues well enough for us to be able to know what the critical issues are and then to be able to identify what the potential solutions are going to be? I think the problem is really complex. It's a real challenge. Understanding the root cause of 
fibre fragmentation or loss of fibres from textiles is the real key to stopping the problem. But the complexity of the fashion industry in terms of how clothes are are designed, the types of fibres that they are made from is is super, super complex and trying to unpick that in order to understand what variables drive that that loss of fibres from textiles, I think is the, the real key to developing an understanding of that root cause of it, of the problem. And I think if we can understand that, then we can feed that back right in through the design phase. It's really a a complex issue and it's something that we've found through our testing is just the complexity is maybe even more than we originally expected. There's some factors that we expected to have a a large influence that maybe we've seen to be less important than we originally expected. But things like the fibre composition will have an impact on how likely the fibre is to fragment, but also the yarn structure, how loosely or tightly the yarn is twisted can impact the likelihood for those fibres to become released. I mean, it's true, isn't it, that we often find that certain natural fibres release more fibres in laundry than synthetic fibres. And I suppose in a way that's to be expected because you know, synthetic fibres often made as filaments, which are infinitely long, so that it becomes very hard for them to escape from a fabric. Whereas natural fibres tend to be what we call short staples, so they're much shorter, much harder to bind into the, the yarns and so come out during the mechanical action of the laundry. So what you're hinting at there, Mark, is this idea that we really do need to understand the structure of textile products in terms of the fabric, the yarn and the materials. And that will allow us to have a much better understanding of whether they're more likely to relieve microfibers into the environment. So this idea that natural fibers, um, in, a, in a perverse way almost, are more likely to be released into the environment than synthetic fibers just because of the, the way that those synthetic fibers differ from the, the natural fibers. Exactly, yeah. And, and I think, you know, I exp- Experiments that I've done myself and, and results I've seen from the work we've done at Leeds definitely back that up, that synthetic fibres tend to shed less fibres uh, and significantly less fibres than natural fibres. A recent study of sediments from the Mediterranean Ocean found that there were seven and a half times more cellulose-based fibres than polyester fibres. Uh, and bearing in mind that polyester is, is manufactured in much greater volumes, it does make you wonder how there can be so much accumulation of cellulose. Cellulose is the basis for, for many of the natural fibres that we have. You know, cotton is made of cellulose, but, and there is a very small proportion of man-made fibres that, that are cellulose. But that 7% that you're talking about is going to be mostly what we call natural fibres. But of course, natural fibres are, are good, aren't they? they? They don't pose any risks to, to the environment, do they? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it does seem obvious that natural fibres will biodegrade in the marine environment. And when I first got involved in this research, Several years ago now, I, I said something similar in a uh, in front of an audience of marine biologists and was quickly corrected and told that in their experience, these things are not edible by, by natural creatures and they don't appear to biodegrade. And the research on marine litter does appear to back this up. You know, half as much cotton is used every year to make garments as polyester. 
but there's seven and a half times more cotton in or cellulose, which is probably from cotton in the ocean. So it must be accumulating, which makes you think seriously about whether it's actually biodegrading. And there's a very interesting paper from a few years ago now, from a marine archaeology perspective, where they'd found a shipwreck in the middle of the Atlantic. It had been there for over 100 years, and it still had perfectly preserved cotton waistcoats on it. So those cotton waistcoats haven't biodegraded at all in 100 years. I guess the challenge with that, and this is one of those other questions that hasn't been resolved with the microfiber research, is what's the impact of these fibres if they're not biodegrading? Because we do know that marine life, when it consumes fibres, it's it's also a physical effect of their, their them consuming those fibres that you know actually sort of block their digestive system. So they're they're full, but they don't have any nutrition being uh, coming from the food that the, the stuff that's in their, their stomachs. So there's some question marks about the um, the, the, the impact fibres that isn't resolved as yet. On that point. I think there's a misconception that cotton, because it is grown naturally, when it is part of a garment or a clothing item, that it remains natural. And that's not the case. In the processing that happens, in order for a cotton fibre to be taken from a cotton plant, processed into a garment, the structure has already changed. So it's no longer natural. Then we have the addition of chemicals that are added to garments to change the finish of the of the feel of the garment. In terms of the the cotton fibers breaking down, whether that's in an aquatic environment, which chemically is very different from a soil environment, if fibers are caught up through wastewater treatment plants in sludge, and then sludge is then put on the soil, the fibers are still going to be there. And as they break down, if indeed they do break down, they're also releasing chemicals to the earth, which is subsequently having an impact on other life. And there've been studies on that, the effects on worms, for example. So I think the the issue of natural and the whole argument around natural versus synthetic actually misses the point. And the point is that microfibers, regardless of their origin, are an environmental pollution issue that is a big challenge for us to deal with. So what we're hearing then is that the release of microfibers into the environment, whether it's to the air or or into the oceans, is a complex process. And just because we have a cotton t-shirt doesn't necessarily mean that that cotton t-shirt is going to less impact in terms of microfiber release, compared to, let's say, a polyester garment. Um, and what we're not clear about at the moment, in spite of lots of work being done, is, is trying to understand um, some, of those, uh, some of those impacts and, and what those connections are. Despite the fact that we maybe don't have all the answers to the microfiber issues, are there some practical guidelines that we could be talking about to, for example, industry and to government? or even to consumers in terms of their approach to how they might want to deal with washing their garments. Alice, in terms of your research so far, let's say if you were in charge of government, what sort of things would you be thinking about that we need to do? I think there's a few things that as consumers you can do if there is something that you're concerned about. I mean, the main thing would be to wash full washing loads because we do know that increased agitation can increase the amount of microfibers and 
fiber damage. So by making sure you've filled your washing load, you're reducing some of that friction. It is obviously a balance. You don't want to stuff your machine so full that nothing gets clean, but making sure that you have got a full load in there could help. There are some products available that aim at capturing some of these fibers, which could be a good option for you as a consumer. You just have to be considerate of how then you're disposing of any fibers that have been caught, because obviously, as we've said, they can still reach the environment by other routes. From an in industry perspective, there's been a few studies that have suggested that pre-washing fabrics at the industry stage can remove some of these fibers before they reach consumers, which is an interesting point. It's come of a lot of studies finding that fabrics are releasing the most microfibers in that first wash. And as they've repeated washing, fewer fibers have been released. But this really misses out a point that even if you're doing these pre-washes at industry, those fibers are still going somewhere. Kelly, just following on from that, we have seen in some parts of the world, governments talking about taking action against microfibers. So, for example, people have talked about potentially banning uh, polyester from being used in garments. They've talked about potentially enforcing the use of filters on, on washing machines. And bearing in mind all this conversation that we've just been having today about the fact that it's not just about polyester, it could about be a whole range of other five materials, sources coming from not just domestic laundry, but other sources as well. What's your view on some of these ideas about legislation? Are they going in the right direction? Would, would you have other suggestions in terms of what could or should be done around microfibers from a government level? I think there's a misconception around the whole subject, and that is unfortunately driving legislation, in my view, in the wrong way. The legislation that's coming in to ensure filters are put on, onto washing machines, again, that can capture microfibers, but what's going to happen to them? There's no law that then says that the consumer must dispose of them in the right way. If that filter is then just taken to a sink and, and the consumer washes them down the drain, we're back to the same problem. The, the banning of polyester, again, misses the issue of the other types of fibres that we're talking about that are a problem too. The production of cotton from an environmental perspective is not great either. And for me, although there are mitigating solutions that we, we can use and consumers can use, which, of course, will help the problem, it's really getting to that, that root cause that is going to make the most fundamental difference. Otherwise, we're just moving the problem from one place to another. I think the work that you're doing, along with the data that we're collecting at TMC, is really going to help to drive that. Fundamentally, what it comes down to is just further research that's required and funding that supports the wider issue. I think somehow we need to try and get that message out there and for people who have the purse strings, have a, a, a better knowledge of where the problem is so that we can put the funds into, in, in place in order to really understand the complexities of the issue as we've discussed them today. So what we've listened to today from Kelly and Mark and Alice is this idea that microfibers, we don't have a real feel an understanding of the quantity of microfibers that are going into the environment mainly because microfibers are coming not just from domestic laundry but coming from lots of other places we also don't really know the impact that those microfibers are having on the environment are polyester fibers worse for the environment than cotton fibers 
what we need is more research. We need to be able to do more research to understand the mechanisms for those fibres coming out of fabrics. We need to do more research and understanding different sources of microfibers. And then more research is needed to really understand in real life conditions, the impact that those microfibers may be having on the environment, on sea life, and potentially to human life. And of course, in terms of all of this, we need to be able to understand that complexity to be in a position to actually start to come up with solutions. And we do know that there are some solutions out there that people can start to be thinking about, in particular, domestic laundry. We know that washing our clothes less, we know that loading the washing machine in the right way can reduce the release of microfibers to the environment. We hope over the next few years, we're going to see more and more of that research. And with the projects that TMC are funding and the projects that are ongoing at the University of Leeds, including Alice's PhD, we're going to start to get more of those answers. As you said, hopefully my research will start to shed light on at least some of these issues that we've discussed today. And if you're interested, we'll also link the paper that we wrote defining the test method that is has been established at the University of Leeds with TMC. Well, thanks for inviting us along, Mark. It's, it's been an entertaining session. And can I also say that there will be some links to some of the papers that we've mentioned in this discussion also in the show notes. Thank you very much for having me today. It's been a pleasure to talk about the microfiber issue. And for anybody listening who wants to learn more about the microfiber consortium, a link to the website will be in the program notes. So in this podcast, we've looked at the problem of microfibers, the complexity, the challenges in terms of measuring, the challenges in terms of understanding their impact, and also really trying to get a grip on where these microfibers are actually coming from. However, we do know enough about microfibers to start thinking about some of the solutions. For the next LETAC podcast, we'll be joined by Professor Mohamed Tausif from the Institute, who is a professor in sustainable textile manufacturing, who will talk us through the research that he's doing to overcome some of the challenges that we've talked about today. So don't forget to follow and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast so you don't miss the next episode. Thank you to everyone for listening to today's podcast.